Hey there, I am Donnie Spano and I am so glad that you're here with us today. And there are some things impressed upon me that it will be good for us to see in the scriptures. So let's go ahead, let's take a moment to pray, but go ahead and get your Bible out and let's together get God's help and see what He would have us to see. Uh, he is endeavoring to help us and together, by faith and by His grace, we are going to be good laborers together with Him. So, together, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We're asking together now that you would help me, that you would help me to speak well here, but that beyond me, the Holy Spirit, our teacher, would speak to each and every one there in these respective times as they're receiving, that you would speak beyond me, and that you would help each and every one of us to see, that you would help us to lay hold on what is yours, on what is true, because we know, Father, that when we have truth in our lives, it makes free. It liberates. And we believe we receive that now. Thank you for making free each and every one and each and every place to your glory. We believe we receive it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Now let's go together. Um, it's impressed upon me to look again here in Genesis, the 13th chapter. There's some real rich revelation here in this 13th chapter and in what we will see occurred in the lives of uh, Abram and in his nephew Lot. And uh, we'll start here in the, yes sir, in the first verse. Thank you, Father. We're talking about the power of perspective. The power of perspective. Something that needs to be known is that you and I, what we look at, it has the power to shape us. I know when I was, uh, I was about 20 years old, I was going to get my motorcycle license. And I had a desire. I did not grow up riding, but I, I was always, I liked it. I liked seeing it. And there's people, elders in the faith now, that they thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I didn't have those influences then, but I had the desire to ride motorcycles. And I remember I was there training, and the guy, the instructor, he said, um, he was talking about this very principle. He said, when you're, drive, when you're riding this motorcycle, he says, you're going to go wherever you're looking. And this is true. And he made a joke that I, it's not really right to say here, but he was making this emphasis that where you look, you're going to go there. And I'm going to go there. And um, this is very important. When, I, when I'm riding a motorcycle, if I don't want to end up in that ditch, I should not be looking there. I should be looking where I want to point this bike because I'm steering this thing. I'm the controller here. And our eyes have this power. Our vision has this power that if we look there long enough and we're steadfast on it, we're going there. This will be our reality. And we're going to see that here in these verses. And in the first verse, Genesis 13, it says, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. So you can see why Abram is a rich man. He's a man that did not forget where he came from in the beginning. 
He's a man that put God in his things primary, uh, as a priority in his life. And he's in this place calling on the name of the Lord. And the fifth verse says, And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. So by association, by being connected with Abram, Lot was a blessed man. Lot was a rich man. Well, he's going in the same way. He's keeping the same vision. They're both looking at the same thing. And as long as they were looking at the same thing, they were both rich men. They were both blessed. Now let's continue. And it said that the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together. They have amassed so much company, so many flocks and herds, so many men and women to help keep this work going and to, to tend this field that um, it's causing trouble. Trouble that is causing uh, them to, to need to assign or, or look, evaluate this thing. What do we need to do? And um, it said it was so much so that they couldn't dwell together. They had to separate in some form. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. In this case in point, this does not mean that you have to separate completely. If a business does so well that they cannot meet all the demands of the people in this locality with, with just one store, what's it time to do? It's time to open a new branch. It's time to expand the company. And so this is a problem that could be solved uh, without complete separation. But how do we see it? How are we looking at it? Because this is something I... Yes, sir. Okay. How do we look at it? Because there's power in that perspective. And so let's continue here. And it says, There was a strife between the herdmen of, Abraham, of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said to Lot... Now this is a leader. He says to his nephew, Hey... Let's not have any problems. Let there be no strife. I pray you, between me and you, and between my herdmen and your herdmen, for we're brethren. And right here you see a faithful leader and what faithful uh, leadership will do. Faithful leadership will see the problem and see, all right, well, we need to get this fixed and focus right here and now because faith is in the now. Now faith is. So he's faithfully looking right here and right now. And he is willing to do what's needed to fix this thing. He knows what strife is going to do in this environment. And he takes that role. That lead. And he's, he prays. Listen. Between me and you. He, in the ninth verse it says. Is not the whole land before you. Abram's telling him. Separate yourself. I, I pray you. From me. Notice he's not demanding notice he's not pushing he's not pressing and he's even offering him now to take whatever he would like this is a man that trusts God so much so that even if it means I'm losing out on the best of this land that is all before us I trust God he's providing for me and he's willing to take what seems to be a loss in order for God and God's blessing to still be on him. This is a faithful man. 
a man that trusts God. And he uh, he tells him, listen, I if you will take the left hand, I'll go to the right. If you depart to the right hand, I'll go to the left. Graciousness. Goodness. And Lot lifted up his eyes. And he beheld all the plain of Jordan. He, he saw it's well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord. This looked like the very garden that Adam and Eve were in. It was lush. It was beautiful. And he looks up. So notice, he's lifting his eyes right now. And he is putting his power of perspective on this region. And the scriptures are telling us right here, this is before it was destroyed. So his power of perspective is working and he is looking at Sodom and Gomorrah. And he is looking at it intently. He wants it. This is where he is going right now. If he doesn't get his eyes off this, he's going to wind up there. And it continues and says, Then Lot chose him, 11th verse, all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. As I read this more and more, I sense they didn't have to completely separate. Lot had a choice here. And um, now, I won't go into some of the other, because, you know, historians will say this thing or that. We, we won't go in. Let's stick to what this says here, and, and let's focus on this. Because as we see here, Abram's going to lift up his eyes. Both of them are looking at something, and both of them got what they were looking at. The power of perspective worked in both of their lives and what they looked at became reality well this is spiritual principle I was going to say principality this is spiritual principle if you and I will look at something we will find ourselves there we will find it become a reality in our lives this is how faith works and We'll see here, as Lot chose this and they separated themselves, the 12th verse says, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and he pitched his tent toward Sodom. He's looking toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. That didn't change his mind. He knew, well, you can tell here that Sodom was wicked, it was twisted and perverted, but that wasn't enough for Lot to change his focus and to get his eyes off of it. He loved this world enough where he couldn't get his eyes off of it. It meant too much to him. And we know if we're going to be a lover of the world, we've made a choice. We will not be a lover of God. We cannot have both. If I love God, then this world's going to come below. And the things of it will come below. And, but if that means too much to me, then I'm going to put God and His things below. And that's what is occurring here. He loves this world. He loves the look of it. He loves the marketplace. He loves the convenience. Everything's right there. It's so uh, worthwhile. And he is completely sacrificing what is pleasing God 
to get what it, he thinks will please him in this world. And he is his perspective is so powerful, it draws him right into the very city. He doesn't start there. He starts looking at it in the plains of, the Jor of Jordan. But before long, he's in the very city itself. That power of perspective will draw you and I to that very place. Well, what if we're looking at God? What if we have our mind on heavenly things? What if our perspective is on His? Seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We will be drawn in to that very reality. And what is heaven will be here on this earth for us. And it'll seem like hellfire and brimstone where they're at. But in our place, it'll be sweet. It'll be sound. The peace of God will dwell there. And we'll find the reality that we desire because we've looked at it long enough. And that's what I encourage you. You and I aren't going to find God in all but five minutes. Give Him some time. Spend time on a daily basis. Open our Bible. Read it. Pick a good chapter. If you need to, start in the Gospel of John. John is writing from a wonderful, wonderful perspective. Years after all the other literature was penned down by the help of the Spirit of God, he was able to pen that in that Gospel. Get in there. Read a chapter a day. Start there. Give it even five minutes to start and, and allow God to increase it in you. Hallelujah. Because the power of our perspective... It's going to make the difference between our reality being successful or not. It's very interesting, you know, there's this old saying that there's a, uh, behind every cloud is a silver lining. And, and you found this in times where economies have failed, in times where people have lost so much, there were others that saw something else. There were others that chose to buy in the slump. And because they did, they prospered, they increased, and they did well, even though many around them did not. It takes faith to see the silver lining in the cloud. When it looks like it's going to pour on down, when it looks like it's going to put you at a loss, you and I have this faith to see the prosperity in this pressure, to see the reality that God is for me, and if he's for me, I don't care what anything else is doing. I will do well here. Because it always works together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Do you see this? This is faith that sees the good despite any bad. And it's a choice. What are you and I going to look at? Lot chose to look at that. Let's see what Abra Abram chose to look at. And so he went toward Sodom. The men of Sodom were wicked before the Lord exceedingly. The 14th verse says, And the Lord said to Abram, after that lot was separated from him. So notice, you and I, there's going to be certain things we will not see while the fighting is right there. And the fighting's got to stop in our homes. The fighting's got to stop in our churches. The fighting's got to stop if we're going to see it right. And it wasn't until the fighting stopped. It wasn't. And notice, Abram had to even take a step back and seemingly take a step down and go, Listen, I'm not going to fight with you. Let's not have it. We're brethren. 
And as soon as that subsided, they could see it. He could see what God was desiring to show him. He could see what would powerfully shape his life. And let's continue to read that. Hallelujah. It said, after that lot was separated from him, God said, he's directed of God. Now, this is how faith works. You and I will have directions from God. And when we do it, it'll be a natural thing that when the Spirit of God institutes it in our life, it'll cause it to be a supernatural work. Very natural, by the help of the Spirit, makes it a supernatural work. Don't despise a natural instruction. It may be the very thing that God's utilizing to bring you over the top. And he tells him, Lift up now your eyes, Abram, and look from the place where you are. I want you to look northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, to you will I give it, and to your seed forever. Well, it just looked like he was losing this land. He just gave the best of it to his nephew, not according to God. According to God, what's God saying? To you will I give it. It may look like he has it right now. No, I'm giving it to you. Why? Because he was the man that would make peace in the place. He was the man that would do it God's way. He was a faithful man. So God could bless him. And he tells him, All this that you see, to you will I give it, and to your seed forever. What you and I do today is what our generations to come will experience. The generations after were blessed because he was a faithful man. And it's to, to be the same for you and I. If the Lord tarries is coming, if there's going to be a blessed generation following us, it's going to be because people like you and I said, Now faith is. God has dealt with us to do this. It doesn't matter what obstacles there may be. Here we go. We're doing it God's way. Your and my generations to follow will be blessed because of things like this. And, um, and he said, And I will make all your seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall your seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. Then Abram removed his tent. And came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar to the Lord. You see, again, he gives significance to the Lord. In this time and place, he has a promise from God and not the very thing that God told him he'd have. And yet he trusts him enough to build an altar and give him place. And say, I trust you and I believe it and I'm going to offer to you here. And I'm going to make a place for you here. This is why God could bless this man. Because he had this power of perspective that if he heard it from God. Now notice, he has no outward hearing. He's in the spirit hearing something from God. And he loved God so much that when he heard it, he trusted and he obeyed and he made way for God. Now, Jesus spoke it in such a way. He said that the lamp of the body is the eye. 
he said if if our eye would be right if we would see it right if it would be single and whole our whole body would be full of light and this is what we're talking about that when you and I can see it right when we can see it through the eyes of God who is love then we will see in such a way that power will work with it and reality will become in other scriptures it had talked about there was a, a ruler that had invited to come dine with him and um, he'd, he'd say to them he'd say eat eat get as much as you want and it told them to watch to watch because um, just because they said it there was something else in the heart and you and I thank you father have this power of perspective that what is in our heart is made to be a reality reality outward and um, yes sir go with me if you will hallelujah in closing let's look here in Romans the 10th chapter yes sir okay where would you like us to go father hallelujah praise you Lord hallelujah yes sir what verse did you want us to go to <laughs> yes sir go with me to Romans the fourth chapter and we just got a few more minutes so if you'll bear with me here there's some powerful uh, scripture here that's going to really hone in on what we're talking about thank you father so again Romans the fourth chapter I'm giving you time to get there and then uh, let's start with let's start with verse number two Romans 4 2 and it says for if Abraham were justified by works he has whereof to glory but not before God for what says the scripture Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness because he trusted it became it transferred into God's right way God could get him on the right path because he trusted him now to him that works is the reward not reckoned of grace but of debt but to him that works not but believes on him that justifies the ungodly his faith is counted for righteousness and now let's skip a few verses just for time's sake and let's look at verse 13 for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law but through the righteousness of faith for if they which are of the law be heirs faith is made void it's made useless and the promise made of no effect because the law works wrath notice that's what we were talking about before right there was strife there was wrath for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God who quickens or calls to come to life the dead 
and calls those things which be not as though they were. This is not Abraham he's talking about. These scriptures are saying God does this. God spoke this over him. He called him a father of many nations when he couldn't have a child. And it says he quickens, he brings to life what is dead. Is there something dead in your life? God is the God who will call it to resurrected uh, power in your life. He will look at what is dead, might seem like it's lost, and he will say, come to life now. <laughs> and what was dead and gone will spring up and take life. This is his nature. This is who he is. He looks at something that seems to be absolutely contradictory. And he says, no, it might look dead, but that's alive right now. And it is. Why do I say this? Because there are things that look dead, sound dead, smell dead. I mean, to all of our physical nature, that thing is never going to work out. And God's saying, that thing, that thing, it's alive. It is alive right now. That's his perspective. That's how he sees it. How do we see it? I'm going to ask you that again. How do we see it? Do we see it as dead? Do we see it as too far gone? Do we see it? How do we see it? How do we see it? Because there's power in that perspective. So much power that there was a child that came out of a barren womb. A child up into the 90s and hundreds of these two. A child of promise well there is something to be birthed in you and me there's something to be worked through our lives it may seem so far gone but you and i have a choice how are we going to look at it are we going to look at it this way or that now now continue with me because it's going to tell, tell us in just a moment here how did abraham look at it and here it says 18th verse who against hope Believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. Now this is talking about Abraham. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. 19th verse. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did what? He didn't consider it. He didn't look at it. He didn't talk about it. He didn't think about it. He knew it. He knows he's about 100 years old. He knows it's well beyond time to have a child. He knows that in his mind. But what is he looking at? He didn't consider that. And because he didn't, he was not weak in faith. He was strong in faith and able to give glory to God. Why? Because he was not going to look at that. He was going to look at that promise. God said it. I believe it because he said it, it will come to pass. And it strengthened him. And faith was active. Oh my. Gave glory to God. And it said, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being 
fully persuaded. <laughs> That's the key. When you and I will steadfastly look at it, we're stepping into a place where we are fully persuaded. That's where God needs to get us. Because if we're not fully persuaded, we're wavering. We're staggering. He didn't stagger. This is the father of our faith. We have the same spirit of faith. It's in you and I to not waver, to not stagger, to stand unmoved, looking at that promise, knowing the day is here, the day shall be where you and I will have that promise and to God will be the glory. Can you see it? Can you see it? This power of perspective. Hallelujah. We love you all. We bless you. We will see you soon. Thank you.